here we are talking about coaching. Uh, welcome, as always. Uh, I'm Yannick. I'm here with Nikki and Sirvash. Hi. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, right. Today, uh, our question is coming from me. <laughs> I'm, I've been a, bit, a little bit selfish because I know Sirvash has got something to say about what I'm about to ask. And uh, Nikki actually also was quite excited. And I I know this will resonate with coaches that got to a level where they kind of scale some of their business or parts of their business. Coaching is very much a one-to-one -one thing. You're building a personal relationship with someone. Um, and many coaches ask themselves, how can I grow beyond my one-to-one -one work? Or how can I make coaching available to, for example, groups? How can I reach more people, have more visibility? And if you maintain doing the actual work in groups or one-to-one -one or events or however you help people with your coaching skills, um, if you're doing the work and not focusing all of your energy on the marketing and scaling the business and business processes and systems, um, creating content, right? So much about visibility is about creating content these days. And um, if you're still doing the work, I found it impossible to also do all of the content and all of the content creation. I would like to, you know, because authenticity is such a strong value of mine. Um, I've just wrote about it in one of my nuggets as well. I kind of sat down and I think I took this to supervision. I worked with my own coach and at scale, it just seems impossible. Um, maybe I can read all the content, but I'm now working with a copywriter. There's a whole team involved, right? We're scaling the coaching lab. I think listeners to this podcast will have noticed. I think episode 60 it was. Um, but yes, that's kind of the dilemma. And I, I see the dilemma around. Uh, if If somebody else is writing some of my content, even if I've briefed the content and the thoughts are coming from me, the ideas are coming from me. If somebody else is writing it or editing it to make it a bit more impactful or create more engagement, um, it's no longer me writing it. And so I find I sit there and I read some of the copy and I think, yes, that's my idea, but that's just not how I would say it. You know, this is no longer me. So now there's this brand developing that is me, but it's also not me. You know, so um, I'd love to discuss that with you because I know, Sivas, you you went through that. You've you've scaled a business. Um, Nikki, you said you were very interested in that as well. So I'm I'm curious what you think, and maybe we can. I'm not sure where this is going. I'm not sure if there's a solution, but I'd just love to tap into your curiosity and into your experience. Um, what what are your thoughts? Maybe maybe Nikki. I know Sivash is very relevant, but I wonder, Nikki, how, how come you're interested in this? Because you you're still coaching one on one, right? And you're doing some group work. Uh, where where are you at with this? Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> hey, so yeah, I think the reason it's a curiosity for me is because I think I've been um, thinking about the same things that you just mentioned, Yannick, about you know like looking realistically because I do other work as well, but I'd like to continue growing and developing my coaching business. And I do a lot of reading and I consume a lot of information, but I sometimes between work and other things don't have the headspace and don't think it's one of my core strengths to be good at social media and marketing. So that's where typically as a business, I tend to have a downfall. So I've had that curiosity to work together with a copywriter um, and I've spoken to some people about it and even gotten some contacts, but that question of authenticity definitely came up I haven't had any conversations with such copywriters so I can't I don't know what the process would be but I guess one curious curiosity I had is how would that working relationship work I mean like you you mentioned 
maybe I would brief them about my subjects and maybe mention the books I've read and the ideas I liked and give them some initial kind of content. But then how would that process of negotiation work between what they write and then what eventually goes out and um, to make sure that it, yeah, it retains like the voice of the person, uh, of the coach mm. effectively. Um, so yeah, so that's how the question is on my mind currently. It's so strange, right? Because I, I've worked with a few writers in the past and I thought, I'll just, I'll give them a podcast episode and then just distill some of the themes that we're talking about and write something up that's nice to read. Uh, and they told me, hey, I'm a copywriter. It's my profession to like, uh, to, to write in your voice. And then I realized I have many voices. <laughs> I have an academic voice and I have a, a speaking voice like this. You know, I, I have a kind of a nugget voice and I speak to different people in different styles. Uh, so it was difficult in the beginning. Now I think my writing style became a bit more consistent. But like whenever I worked with a writer in the past, I'm just like, we're not using that. That's not me. Or yes, we can use that, but you put your name underneath. And maybe we can say this is working in collaboration, right? This is like me producing the content and you doing the writing. But then I can kind of distance myself from that because I don't want to pretend that something is written by me with my name underneath. And then it's not me. Because the people who know me, they will know it's not me. You know, the people that have been following me, they will see my name and they're like, mm, but he didn't write this. That's pretty obvious. You know, and that's something I just like, oh, I want to avoid that like the plague. And I'm not sure if I'm too attached to that. And maybe people just really don't care. You know, most of the people that don't know me yet, they read that, they think it's me. And then they meet me and they're like, wait a second, I expected a different person that speaks differently. So, um, Yeah, I keep wondering whether I'm too attached to this authenticity thing and whether it's okay to have different voices and maybe there's a, a copy voice that is me in combination with someone. But I don't know, for me, it's really important that the relationship is starting off on the right foot. Sebesh, what do you think? I'm sure you have lots of thoughts there. <laughs> Where do you start? Yeah, I think in my in my journey... Uh, growing the business, the business was growing faster than, you know, than basically than I was kind of, so the, the way I look at it, right? Like, so I'm, I'm a coach. I need to learn how to coach, right? And then I need to learn how to sell as I'm getting more and more as the business is growing, right? And as the business grows, you need to put different hats on, right? And so for me personally, I have to make a choice. And, and I saw this, When I didn't make the decision to hire the team, the copyright, for example, the sales team, and I'll talk a little bit about the sales team because I also had an experience. Well, let me actually touch on that because I think it's similar. For me, it started actually with a sales team where someone else was using my account to talk to potential clients, to talk to leads because I couldn't keep up with it because there were just too many messages. Your account's like and your social media account, so... Yeah, my social media accounts. And this is very common in in, uh, in our industry. But after doing that for a year and a half, and it worked really well, by the way, right? It worked really well. The results were great. But after that helped us scale. But after doing that for a year and a half, I realized, hey, you know what? That's actually, I don't feel good about that. Mm. You pretending you're me and talking to so-and-so. Because what would happen is sometimes... Let's, let's say, you know, my team would talk to John. John would join the program. And then later, 
John would actually find out like that that wasn't me, right? So I thought, hey, you know what? That doesn't feel incongruency. So what I what I do now with my team is they use my account, but they say from the get go like, hey, this is, for example, Lisa. I'm part of Seawash's team, mm-hmm. right? And and the truth is, unfortunately, like that's not always as effective because people prefer to talk to me. Yeah. But can, and I think I, and I think yeah. Sorry, can can I just jump in there because I had a I had a experience from the receiving end without this. Uh, many coaches listening to this will know Rich Litvin. Uh, Sivash, I know you uh, you've worked with Rich uh, in various capacities. There, my experience was that I had reached out uh, about um, I wanted to I wanted him to um, to do a module for one of the courses I was creating, um, and it was interesting. I had. I had thought about how I would approach him. And then I got an email from Rich um, that talked about this thing. If you want to do this thing, have courage to build it. And I was about to reach out to all of these high profile coaches to build this thing. And I'm like, well, he's really encouraging me to reach out, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I reached out and uh, I said, hey, you know, um, here's, here's what I have in mind. I would love to get you on board. You know, you're one of the, the people in the coaching world to tell, like teach people, uh, how to get clients. Um, I, I would love for you to join this project of mine. Um, you know, here's the offer. And then I got an email back, um, with an offer on like completely unrelated with a course that he was selling. And I was like, Hmm, that's, that's not really what I was asking. Can you respond? Like, that was like they just completely ignored the email that I was writing and just sent me some more material about the coach, about the, the program that he was selling. And I'm like, hmm. Um, but it was signed by Rich, right? And I was like, that's a bit odd. So I got back again. Uh, and then somebody from his team replied and said, Oh, Rich is on holiday currently. Um, and it's just me stepping in. And I'm like, I'm not so sure if Rich wrote me these last two emails either. <laughs> and uh, now having worked with a copywriter for a bit and kind of learned about the style of copywriting, I now read his emails and I'm like, there's no way that he's writing those. Uh, I mean, maybe he's orchestrating that, but like, this is clearly copywritten. Um, maybe he is, but maybe he's not, but like, it's just, yeah. I don't think what, where he is in his business, he, he's writing these things. But I remember, that's why I'm bringing it up, I don't want to, I really like Rich's content, right? There's so much value in his newsletters. I read them because there's a lot of value in it. And he seems like such a good, honest guy, but it broke something in my relationship with him. Not that I know him personally, but given that I keep getting all of these emails with love, Rich, when I don't think he's writing them anymore and having had an exchange where somebody pretended to be him, I'm like, that really broke something. And I don't want that to happen for for people who are reaching out to me. Yeah, that's why I think transparency is important. And actually, um, I'm in the middle of a program with Rich, and Rich says that he does write his content, and he's actually spent... And, and again, this is a great example. I think what happened there was probably an exception. So when he's on holiday, his team will send out emails that I've written in the past, but maybe in that moment... Um, the team didn't sign it off in the right way, right? But here's the thing. This is an example, right? And this is the dilemma for coaches. Sometimes we have to see, like I ask myself the question, do I want to right now focus my attention on becoming good at copywriting and marketing, right? And I felt completely Mm -hmm. stretched out and my answer was no. 
And I know that, for example, what I what Rich shared with me, he spent over 10 years mastering copywriting and marketing. And in fact, right, um, he said that right now his writing is the main reason his business is doing a mi- over a million a year. I think it's multiple millions, right? Mm. But but here's the thing. You have to be willing to put a lot of time and effort. That's like 10 plus years, mm. right? And so for me personally, I noticed that, okay, you know what? Unless I hire someone to do this, my business is going to stop growing. So I also hired someone, um, well, at that time, it was actually a, a business partner. She was doing all the writing for almost three, four years. But for me, there was transparency. So if someone would ask me, like, how do you get time to all do all of this while you're working with all the clients? I would say, I'm not writing the content. Mm-hmm. It's my ideas. So we would get on a call, for example, a few hours, maybe two hours a week. I would give bullet points in terms of, here are my thoughts about what is happening with clients. Here's the thoughts of what, what I want you to write. So a lot of it was my thoughts, but there was constant feedback. So sometimes she would write it and I was like, oh, that's completely not me. I wouldn't say it like that. So there's a lot of feedback in the process. Oh, yeah. That's where I'm tempted to go micromanage. (laughs) And I don't want (laughs) to do that. But then I'm like, I feel like I'm in the way when I'm, you know, trying to control this too much and trying to make it me too much. Getting the balance right, I find really challenging. Yeah, exactly. I think it it, it is going to be a challenge. And that's why I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Like, you don't have to scale a business, right? But I think at this and at the same time, what if my reflection looking back at it is, you know, I'm happy I would do the same thing again. Because it allowed us to help a lot more people. That's right. It allowed us mm-hmm. it allowed us to touch a lot more lives. The message was, you know, going beyond me. Yeah. Right? I I didn't have the time to actually I didn't have like, I think she was spending at least 10 hours writing every week, yeah. right? Or may- maybe beyond that, right? So I didn't have the time to develop that skill, right? And I didn't have the time in that, you know, to take that to the next level. And by the way, this is the same with marketing is one side, sales is another side. What happens a lot of times to coaches when they're doing well, there comes a time where they have to make a decision like, you know, am I just going to, Am I going to take less calls? So I have some clients, for example, who have a full practice. They always keep two slots for sales calls in the week. But then there's a moment there they have to make a choice. Like, well, do I just want to keep it like this? Or do I want to bring someone else in that has potentially 40 hours a week to take sales calls? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the difference. And again, there's no good or bad because you can just stay small and say, well, that's how I want to do it. Right? It's not about like, you're, you're a better coach or a better business if you make more money. Um, but I've also done that before where I had one salesperson full-time that was, you know, having conversations with people and taking all the calls, mm. right? It, it, you know, and, and I think this is the thing with, when we think about, I have personally not spent a lot of time thinking, well, is this authentic? But I, I just usually connect to the, my feelings like, how does it feel like if 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 there was full transparency you know across the, you know between me and my clients and who I'm communicating with um, and that's where i get personally frustrated is when i reach out to someone and and i know that what well, i'm not talking to that person i'm like hey can i just talk to the real you not you know your team 
And most of the time they will say, okay, give me, give me a minute. I'll see if he's available. But you know that there's a clear difference between how they talk. Yeah. 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 I was on a website the other day and it said, Hey, I'm Paul. And I was so clearly an AI chatbot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. You want to humanize this a little bit, but the, the technology just isn't there. Don't pretend to be Paul and then obviously be a robot. <laughs> Yeah, but that's difficult, right? And I think maybe I just need to get my ego out of the way and in the in, for the purpose of reaching more people. Oh, but it's it's difficult to let go of that, especially given that coaching is such a relationship-based thing. I mean, the the part of the business we're scaling is the coaching lab. I that's not it is quite me. But at scale, I mean, soon there will be other facilitators, I'm sure. Um and then it goes beyond me and I think that's one of the things that you mentioned Sevas, right? That you it's going to be more mission and purpose based rather than personality based but right now it's still mm. me and that's difficult to let go of um yeah nikki yeah. well and sorry so just one thing that's coming up as, as you're speaking like and a lot of our businesses coaching business are built on the personal brand and i know that's mm. what you're doing right now that's what i've done for years and there's also a different way of doing this is where you move away slowly from the personal brand and it's not about you, but it's about the company. And this is personally where I want to go is where, for example, the content speaks to what people need and where people need support, the things that they want to achieve. And then the program helps with that, right? And personally, again, I'm not saying that this is the right way. Some, you know, some questions might not relate to it, but one of the reasons I want to personally do this is because then if something happens to me, Let's say I'm sick for six months or pass away, the company can continue without me. And I, I can see, for example, coaching certification companies are doing this really well. Yeah. For example, you know, we 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 all know Animas, right? Is they have an introduction session, then there's a sales process, and then there's the coaching, you know, the actual program is being delivered by different trainers. But for example, the CEO is not really involved in any part of this process anymore. So that's, I think, another thing that I want to really, you know, uh, people to reflect on is like, do I want to at some point transition from being the coach to a CEO, right? And I'm really, again, thinking about what I want to be in 10 years. Is this, what? what's the kind of company I want to build? Do I want to have a lifestyle business or do I want to build a business that can continue to grow or serve people without me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the big transition. And yeah, Nick, Nikki, you were you were breathing in earlier. What did you want to say? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's really interesting to hear you guys talk about it and think about it. And I think where I'd gotten to with my own thinking process is kind of what you were just saying as well, Yannick, and which you touched upon, Sivas. It was kind of, you know, to put it in my own words, I think it's the intention that counts. And I think the sacrifice somewhere is a bit of that personal kind of and authenticness. But I think so long as the outcome is something along the lines of, yeah, aiming to make coaching available to more people through kind of connecting with them, even if at scale that's not possible at a 100% one-to-one um, level. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's still a lot of involvement when you're sending people copy, like you said, about your ideas that you send and different subjects that you then work with them to fine-tune by sending it back and forth until maybe it sounds, you know, like a good compromise um, but I think, yeah, it's it's accepting the limitations and trying to find the most 
the way that feels authentic still to you to live with that in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It really makes me wonder like, uh, who is Tony Robbins? Who is Marissa Peer? You know, who is Rich Litvin? Rich Litvin, I feel I spend a lot more time with. I feel I really know him, you know, but then, you know, maybe he does write all of his copy and he just got really, really good at it. Or maybe he writes them and then it gets edited a little bit with, you know, the sales pitch at the end or something like that. But the, the thing is that I, you can no longer know. And that's that's a bit weird for me. Like in this day and age, I'm already wondering what can we actually know uh, and what's an illusion and what's just been a brand that is built. Um, it's such an interesting process because all these brands now have, you know, personality when actually it's an inanimate object built up of all these many people. Um, seeing, a, um, seeing a document created that is Yannick's brand voice and what are my values? And like, yes, we've worked on this and there were long interviews involved and somebody distilled and really hit the spot with a lot of what I'm about, you know? But then it's always limited. And then at the same time, it's also always evolving. I'm always changing. And I think once companies have created a brand, once a brand has developed a sense of identity, um, maybe it doesn't want to move on and evolve all the time because then people kind of lose touch with it. It's like when your favorite band all of a sudden does a different style and they evolved and they do different music now and people don't like it anymore. They're like, well, we want more of the same. That's what we fell in love with. Please don't change. That's scary. Everything is changing all the time. Can this just please be constant? And that sells more up to a point, right? And then it kind of needs to respond to the market. And I do not want to become a brand or company. Well, if there's a company that lives on and fulfills the purpose, I'm okay with that. But if it remains a personal brand and then the personal brand responds to the market, I'm like, that, that, I'm not okay with that. You know, and I guess then some of these decisions that Sebash uh, was pointing to or referring to become pertinent, right? Do you, is it maybe okay to remain a personal brand that's very authentic, but then missing out on growth potential because for growth, you might need to respond to the market? Yeah. You know, look, I, I think. If someone wants to grow, the easier way, the easy thing to do is hire a content, you know, a marketing consultant or a writer. Hire someone, for example, that does appointment setting, booking the calls. Hire someone to do the calls, and 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 it's not the only way. I do think that if someone and really good, wants, and a good therapist, so that you can <laughs> deal with all the shit that comes up for you as you know yeah. you become something that you're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I and I think it is it's not the only way. If someone really wants to, for example, grow, but wants to, you know, you know, wants to keep everything like authentic, I think there is there are ways to do that. We just have to sit with that and and think outside of the box. And I think actually, it's interesting you mentioned Rich. I think Rich is actually an example of someone that's come to he's tried the other ways, mm -hmm. and has come more towards the middle, mm. right? And I've seen a few others do this, but it requires a different methodology. So for example, one person I know has done this really well. He writes, right? But then for example, he is using paid advertisement to just get more eyes. And he he's grown over the years. He's he's now spending almost between, I think 
ten to hundred thousand per month on advertisement. But for example, you could write one one article or you could create one video, but with money, right? By using advertising, you can reach ten thousand people, hundred thousand people. So mm-hmm. we, and this is the thing, right? I think on social media, a lot of time, marketing experts or branding experts will tell you you have to write post once or twice a day if you want to be relevant. I completely disagree with that. You don't have to, right? You can put, you can create one article a week or one video, or one podcast, but then strategically you can get it to a lot more people. So you could, another way is in amplifying your voice, right? So you're like, no, I want to write my stuff. I want to mm-hmm. keep my voice, but then you find other creative ways to amplify that. Right. So use copywriting to draw attention to your writing that you've done yourself. Yeah, copywriting, you, you do have to improve that skill, right? And I think that's a very benefit, a very important skill. But you could, for example, use paid advertising. And it can start really small, by the way. It doesn't have to be in the hundreds. I know people that spend 10, 10 pounds a month or $10 or $10 a day. And every day, 100 people see this stuff, mm-hmm. right? But that, that allows you to grow gradually. And if the same with calls, you don't have to hire salespeople. There are other ways to do it, but I think... Again, that's different from this discussion, but I think it's, and this is the fun part as coaches, we have to see that there is not just one way of doing it. I love this quote. I think it's, I learned that the first time I came across it was in the Prosperous Coach book, is look at what everyone else is doing in the marketplace and do the opposite. Hmm. Because you don't have to scale the way everyone else is scaling, right? You always have a choice and you, you can explore, right? Sometimes, sometimes taking five years to master the skill of copywriting could be the biggest gift that you give to yourself and your business. Because one of the things is, right, I had someone doing marketing for four years and then we separated and then there's all of a sudden like a gap in my business because I haven't developed that skill. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like focusing on developing that skill. And, and again, this is uncomfortable, but I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it even if it takes me 10 years to become great at it. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I don't have to do that and do nothing else. So I, d- I did recently hire a, a marketing consultant to write for me, but that person is only writing two pieces a week and we can focus on getting that voice out there, right? But at the same time on the background, I'm developing that skill. And I'm not saying you have to, but I think it's just thinking long-term again, like what is yeah. gonna really serve me, right? Yeah. These are essential skills. You can hire someone and what happens if, if that person leaves you? You're again left looking for someone else to complete such an important part of your of your business. Yeah, 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 this is really good. Um, and it can be a really challenging process. I remember um, when uh, an editor joined me uh, and I was writing my nuggets and then we would sit down and uh, edit them for you know better attention, grammar, stuff like that, just improve the writing. And my God, we had like proper fights. <laughs> We're both kind of big personalities as well uh, and really believed in, you know, our way of doing things. Um, but my God, it took him like uh, probably six weeks, two months to get me to just introduce more line breaks, you know, because I would write in longer paragraphs because that's how you write, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm not just going to make a statement and then put a line break in and then make another statement. And I'm like, ha, ah, this is stupid. Like, I don't want to be one of those writers. Um, and, you know, I'm glad, uh, shout outs to Martin, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm really glad that you did that, Martin, because it was, it was hard. 
I'm I have strong opinions, and uh, once I thought about something and I feel strongly about something, it's it's really difficult to get in there. So he did, and I do a lot more line breaks now, and I think it's better for it, right? It's more engaging, and you give people time to digest and think, and let some statement stand on its own rather than just continue and just. Um, I think it made my writing better. So once Martin left, uh, I maintained a lot of the changes that he had introduced or had introduced me thinking about it and considering it. Um, and I think it's better now. So I still love writing my nuggets. Will somebody be able to take it over? Do I want someone to take it over? I don't think so. But now there's some ads out there that I haven't written. And me and my copywriter, we find our way together. And every time we have a conversation about something she wrote that I like or don't like, she learns to do it better. And once she gets there, I hope she never leaves me. <laughs> so, Ambika, you're amazing. Please don't go. <laughs> we find our way. Um, uh, but it can be a challenging journey and it takes time and it takes investment. So, uh you know, scaling, scaling is a whole nother skill set. You know, it's like I became a coach and I'm like, right, I'm a great coach now, at least good enough to work with people. I have no clue how to build a business or get clients. Then I developed a whole nother skill set. It has very little to do with coaching. And now that the business is going well for years, you know, I'm like, oh, scaling is a whole nother skill set now. There's a third skill set that I have no clue about that now I need to learn. And I'm sure there'll be a fourth one once we have systems in place. Um, so, I mean, I guess we never learn. It's an infinite game and that's uh, kind of scary and also very exciting. Yeah. I, I think part of it is, you know, it's I got, I got two kids and in, initially being a babysitter in was quite scary, leaving the kids with someone else. And I think it's, it's, for, it's a bit like that because... Oh, we we bec we, we we become like we become like we become one with the business, right? And and I think we just take things so personally. And I think this is maybe another thing to look at is is it sometimes authenticity or is it just letting go of <laughs> old ways of doing things, mm. right? And we are all familiar. Like we you know if you've been to university at some point the university has grown to a point where other people are doing the marketing other people are doing the enrollment of new students right maybe it's that teacher that started the whole thing but now he's, he's doing only one thing mm. i think and that's just maybe like looking at that it's like okay how much of it is 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 this about me yeah. my identity that's such a great analogy and i think it's a good point to end on uh, also that we have time for perhaps two others today <laughs> um thank you so much Sivash. Uh, thank you nikki um i certainly got a lot from this i hope that people listening to this considering scaling or finding themselves at similar stages in their business if you're far beyond please do share your experience if you're in the middle of this i'd love to hear what your struggles are what helped you from this conversation uh if you're considering uh expanding beyond your one-to-one -one, your personal uh work uh, I'd also love to hear from you. Um, the more we talk, the more we grow, right? So thank you, guys. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, 
We're not doing this for profit, so we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review or even support us on Patreon. Um, that would be amazing. And lastly, you can find us across all major platforms. So uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.